Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. It's not about how many that you own. It's about what those properties actually do for you, you know, and how much income that they bring to you. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shump. In this episode, we're speaking to Mark Sheward from My Property Empire. Having successfully built his own portfolio after years of experience in sales, building and real estate, Sheerwood shares with us his unexpected property journey, illustrating that despite whatever obstacles life may throw your way, determination can always bring success. No stranger to the property investing world, Shieldwood tells us what he does to pass on his knowledge to those eager to get started in investing. I'm Mark Shearwood. I'm from My Property Empire and I mentor um, students about building a strong portfolio. With a number of his trainees under his guidance, he explains that his schedule is packed with assisting others and expanding their knowledge about real estate option contracts. Well, at the moment, I'm really busy because um, I'm actually doing some property options at the moment out near Liverpool, um, and I'm also training some people to um, build up uh, uh, knowledge about options and, and option trading and how it all works. So um, I've got teams in um, Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, um, and Sydney, and um, we go out and find deals, and then I turn them over into development sites for them. Looking into the past, Sheward reveals that for much of his later life, he's never been bound to one place. I grew up in Melbourne, so I was—I was—that's uh, where I'm originally from in Melbourne. Um, but I got out of there, um, and then I moved to Perth um, in '91. I stayed in Perth for three and a half years and I was a real estate agent in Perth. And then from Perth, I moved to Sydney um, and then I moved to Bangkok and then I moved back to Sydney in 2004. Finding a job straight after high school, it wasn't until he moved to Perth that he began to work in the property industry. I went straight into the workforce. My first job was with Medicare. And was that all through throughout Melbourne, you're working for Medicare um, for that time? No, I, I've ha- I had a lot of jobs. Um, I, I had, I've had a lot of jobs actually in, in Melbourne, and that I actually worked in the racehorse industry as well. I used to ride track work at and down at the place down in Mordialic called Epsom and stuff. So I, I, I did a lot of that, and um, I, I did a lot of jobs in Melbourne. Um, and I had an interest in real estate, but not really there. It was only when I moved to Perth that it really kicked in. 
living in Perth for three and a half years, she would reminisce on how it was there that he bought his first property and why he enjoyed his time as a real estate agent. It was actually quite fun because um, I was I was always a salesy kind of a person, but um, so I really adapted to it really well, and I got involved in a real. I started in Century Twenty One, but not much was really happening in that agency. The phones would never ring. There was no action. So I moved to another company called um, Frontline Realty in Morley, and I had really good work there um, because it was owned by the. It was owned. There was three owners, I think, or three or four. One was one was a sales manager. The other one was um, a sediment agent, and the other one was a builder, a developer. So he'd bring all the properties on. And he'd build them and then we'd market them. So we, we were quite busy and, and we had a good little team around me and I was uh, the number one salesperson that they had at that time and, and I was there for three and a half years. It was, it was a really good experience. So I, get, I, I got to know a little bit about developing but I, I, and, I, and I bought a property there as well when I was there in, in um, Victon down just down near Fremantle. So I got a bit of a grip on it but I didn't really know it was going to be how big it is to what it is now in my life, like it was, it was good, but it didn't, it didn't, yeah, it didn't twig till I till I got back to Sydney. Really, he explains that the reason he moved was due to a need for a change in lifestyle. I travel a lot, and and I and I used to travel a lot to get out of Perth um, because I, even though I loved it and I loved the weather and it, I loved everything about it, I just, I still needed to travel, and I used to come across to Sydney quite a lot. And um, for weekends and weeks and things like that. Um, so I was traveling and then um, I went on a six-month holiday around Australia. And um, so I left there. I went on the the, 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 the train to in the Pacific to Adelaide, then all the way up to Brisbane. And then I flew back to Perth and it wasn't really the same then. It was it just didn't give me what I wanted. So then I moved to, to over, over here to Sydney. Thinking to his influencers, Sherwood states that gaining interest in property investing happened unexpectedly rather than from specific influencers such as his parents. They weren't into property at all. They were into business but they weren't into property um, and I wasn't really either. You know, um, Back in the early days of Melbourne, I sort of wanted to buy a farm and stuff like that but that all changed and then I went into real estate and I had a liking to it but I didn't really expect that it was going to go off like 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 it has so um it wasn't the vehicle it, it was just um it, it it happened in sydney the aha moment happened in sydney and that that's when everything just went and i started to really investigate um property and then what what it can do for you and the benefits that you get out of it that was when it, that was when it went off but when it was in perth i was just basically working and i you know, sometimes you do in life, you don't know why you do them and then afterwards you go, oh, no, that's why. You know what I mean? That, that's what happened. Not yet experienced with investing, Shearwood shares the story of where his first investment property purchase was in Perth and how he came to sell it. It was down in Bicton in, in, in Fremantle and at that time I really didn't know, well, I didn't know what I was doing and... Um, I bought a one-bedroom apartment down there. It was thirty thousand dollars, twenty-eight or something. It was twenty-eight, I think. And I bought that. And then I didn't understand how markets worked and booms and busts. And I had no idea, you know. And then when I moved to Sydney '94, I just got sick and tired of just adding money into it and 
paying mortgage and all that. And I wanted a more of a freer lifestyle and I sold it. And the bad part about it is I actually sold it in the boom, like halfway. It was probably a quarter or halfway into the boom cycle. I sold it. And I, I remember I, I, I couldn't understand why all these people were fighting over this property, you know, because the agent was ringing me and she was a friend of mine and, and she was in real estate as well because I'd left real estate by that time. And she was ringing me saying, I've got all these offers, Mark. They're just all coming in about your property and everything. And I was like, yeah, just sell it. That's okay. And I didn't realize. And she sold it for 74. And I think I had it for, I, I don't think I had it that long. Maybe maybe I had it for five years or something. You Still, know? that's a pretty, I mean, it's almost to, to double its amount that you purchased it for. Yeah, yeah. But if I had to know what I know now, I never mm. would have sold it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? that's true. Very true. But anyway, we all make mistakes. Despite purchasing the aforementioned property for investment purposes, she would state that at that time, he still had not realized the potential success he could gain from building a portfolio. The first one I bought in 2007, it had a good tenant and um, it was just a good little rental that I had. You know, it was giving me, I'm not sure how many, how much it was giving me a rent, a, rent, a week now, but it was giving me a, quite a lot of money. And I saw a lot of bargains over there when I was there, but the button... The, the light bulb nearly didn't, really didn't go off for me there, you know. You, you sort of see all these places when you go out and list them and go, oh, it's a good bargain, but you don't really know. And then now you look at them and go, if only I had bought that, you know. It was only after moving to Sydney that he began looking at investing full-time before successfully purchasing more properties all over Australia. I've purchased quite a lot, actually, um, and I've got properties in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. I, I'd like to buy back in Perth again. Um, it's, um, uh, you know, it, it's probably not the right time just yet, but um, it's, it's getting interesting. But I want to concentrate more effort into Brisbane at the moment. Illustrating the importance of appreciating the benefits and lifestyle improvements that an investment can bring you, Sherwood states why he doesn't like to measure success by the number of properties he owns. I don't really like to say how many it is. It's it's not about how many that you own. It's about what those properties actually do for you, you know, and how much income that they bring to you. So it's quite substantial. But I don't really talk about the number or the or, or the dollar bay. But I I live very very comfortably, very comfortably. I, I live in a really nice place and um, in in Sydney, four k's from the city. And um, it, 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 like I have a very very comfortable lifestyle. I I travel business. Um, like probably seventy percent of my trips are in business class. I go overseas, you know, six or seven times a year. Um, I'm always traveling and I don't work. So um, it's given me the lifestyle that I want and I'm quite happy with that. But I still want to build the portfolio. I still want to, I, I still want to do stuff with it. Um, and um, yeah, later on this year, I'll, I'll start to do some other stuff up in Brisbane as well. But I'm, I'm busy with a lot of different projects at the moment. I'm busy with my mentoring. I'm, I'm busy with my options and um that's where that's what's using a lot of my time at the moment doing those two things. But later on this year, that's what I'm aiming to do. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Mark Sheward's journey and what his aha moment was. This is the big story. This is this is the major story, the big aha moment that happened to me. What his mistakes were? I bought a property which um, turned out to be a disaster, actually. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. 
Are you looking at buying or investing in property? Don't panic. Property is still a great investment. Is it now the time to buy, sell or hold? Find out from Australia's leading industry experts on how to take advantage of today's market. You'll learn the secrets to renovating for profit or gain the knowledge, skills and motivation to invest at the first home buyers masterclass plus much, much more. Whether you're a new or experienced investor, you can't miss the Sydney Property Buy Expo on the 7th, 8th and 9th of September. Use the promo code PI for a three-day free pass valued at $50. For tickets and more information, visit propertybuyexpo.com.au. Shearwood explains that after moving from Perth to Sydney, he worked for multiple companies, unintentionally expanding on his building knowledge before moving into property. I just went from job to job. I was working in the construction industry actually. When I came back, I worked for a, um, a company that made um, built-in wardrobes and then I went to work for a company that did um, a, um, a construction information. They sold construction information and then I worked for it. I remember working for a tender place that issued tenders and then I, so it was all about building, build, build my building background, you know. And then I worked for a building company, a large building company in Sydney. And uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't on the tools. I was in the office, and I stayed there for fifteen years. So when I started in real estate, I was only earning sixty thousand dollars a year. It wasn't a lot of money. Following his years in the workforce, it was during his time in Bangkok before moving to Sydney for the last time that things had gone downhill. This is the big story. This is the, the, this is the major story, the big aha moment that happened to me because when I was living in Bangkok, I um I I, I like I was there for four years. And it was enough, you know. Um, I, I thought I was going to stay there forever, and and, and 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 I just didn't want to anymore. I still travel there quite a bit, but I just didn't want to live there anymore. So I came back to Sydney, and I was broke. You know, I was I was I wasn't broke. I was actually nearly bankrupt, actually, because I had a credit card with Commonwealth Bank, and it was up to twelve and a half thousand dollars, and the limit was ten thousand. And um, I remember getting, and and I had no job, and I had no money, and I had no place to live. Right, so I couldn't even get a bond to go into a place because I had no money, and and I you know and I got and I got to rock bottom. But what I did was in Bangkok was I I, I Bangkok is is full of little gadgets and different things. So I thought, great, I still want the affinity that I have with with Bangkok. So I'll I'll buy all these things, and I bought cushions and Buddhas and statues and pictures and all this sort of stuff. And I thought, God, I'm going to make a million dollars. I'll just come back to Sydney and I'll put them in shops and I'll sell them at markets and it's all going to work. And that's what happened. And I, I went I, I went to the Bondi markets and, you know, I set up my store and I paid my money and, and everything. And as um, soon as I set up, they gave me this trestle and, you know, I set it up. It was like 6 o'clock in the morning or 7 or something. And then um, within 10 minutes of setting up, um, the whole place just—it was just a nightmare. The, the rains came down and it wrecked everything, and we were, everyone was running everywhere to get all these plastic sheets to put over things. Um, it was a nightmare, you know. And um, I remember paying that sixty dollars for that store, and I thought I was going to make all this this money, and it turned out to be a disaster. After feeling like things couldn't get any worse, it was then that she would looked into other ways to make a living finally deciding that investing in real estate might be the way to go. 
the lady next door to me at the next door, she was selling recycled clothes. And I, I said to her, I remember saying, I don't have any money. Like, I've just spent $60 on sitting at this dollar. And she had to lend me $10 to get back on the bus. I had no money. And I had no money in the bank. I had not, nothing. And um, that was my rock bottom. That was my my worst moment in my life. And I remember getting on the bus and I was sitting there. I was going, it was raining. I had all this wet stuff everywhere and everything. And I, I just remember saying, I'm never, ever, ever going to be here again, ever. And that's when I started to re- – and I, and I thought, okay, something's got to – Something's got to work now. I had no job. I had I was twelve hundred grand in debt. I had nowhere to live, and 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 had no money on a bus. So then I started to investigate. How am I going to make money and not work? How is it that I, not that I was lazy? I wasn't lazy. I just I just didn't like the idea of going to work for a boss and him saying do this, do that, do that, do that. You know, in my time and 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 running my life, and I didn't like all that. So I thought, how am I going to do this? And I started to investigate all these different things, options that I could do. So I thought, okay, I could buy a business. Okay, great, buy a business. Yeah, run a business. Okay, and I thought, well, if I got do that as I've been in the business, got to work all these hours, then I can plan manage it. No, it takes my profit. And then I started to investigate real estate and went back to my real estate days and I thought, hang on, they made money out of this, they did this, they did this. And that's when I started to really delve a bit deeper into this and I thought, you know, there's something here, you know. And then um, I read all these books and I, 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 I used to log on to webinars and I used to go to these seminars time and time and time again. I, I, I was going to three or four seminars a week or, or webinars a week, every week for like three years. And I just educated myself on on how this thing works, where's the engine of it all and how I could shortcut everything because all these people that got large portfolios, it takes them a long time to build up to them and 80% of the people that, that get into real estate only own one property. So I thought, how is it that all these people can get multiple properties with a minimum of work. So then I started to investigate that a lot more and then I got my strategy. And then as soon as I implemented my strategy in 2007, it just went crazy to the point where I am now. But how long from that pivotal moment in Bondi markets did it take before he implemented his strategy and got to where he is now? That was in 2004. Because I came back in 2004, I came back in March of 2004, and it was about a couple of months after that. It was about July or June or something like that, because it rained and it was winter and it was cold. I remember that. So it was around June or July, and I thought, you know, I've got to, I've got to do something. With the desire to leave the workforce and a determination to build his portfolio at a faster rate than usual, she would spend the next three years educating himself about property. Because I wanted it to be different, right? I didn't want to be like a normal property investor. It's got, it had to be different. It had to be, I had to shortcut everything because I had a time frame and I wanted to be out by a certain, I wanted to leave work by a certain time. I didn't want to stay there. Even though I liked what I did, I just didn't want to stay in, in that work. And when I started to see the profit from the fruit coming, it just got me more determined and more determined to get out of there. So I started to, I, I, knew, I knew I needed to make shortcuts to get me to where I was going to go much faster than what the normal person thought about investing in real estate. 
taking us through the negative property investing experience he's had, she would highlight the mistakes one can make if buying a property without seeing it in person. I, I have had trouble with a property that I have. I still own actually because I'm I'm, I'm not a I'm not a flipper. I'm, I'm a buy and hold person, and I um I bought a property which um turned out to be a disaster actually, um, but I still own it, um, and I've made a lot of money out of it. But it was down in country Victoria, and I bought it for eighty one thousand, and it was getting a hundred and forty five dollars a week in rent. And I looked on it on the internet, and I I I actually studied the town, right? So I actually spent a few years trying to um, find the right town, find the right place where I wanted to get these these little goer goer properties. And I found the right town. I just didn't find the right property. So I bought this property, and on the figures, it looked really good. And um, me... Um, being uneducated and you know didn't know what I was doing back at that time, bought it off the internet. So I didn't even see the damn thing. I just I just thought, yeah, this is great, figures work and all this kind of stuff. And so I bought it. And then I went down to see it, and I walked. I remember walking in. It even had carpet in the kitchen. Believe it, green carpet in the kitchen. And I remember going through it. I go, what have I done? Like, what have I done? And then I. The tenants that were there were there for like they were there eight years or something, and they were they were pensioners and stuff. And um, I thought to myself, I've got I've, I've got to do a reno on here. I knew what I wanted to do because it was actually a development site. It was actually big enough to do a development on, and I've done that now. But but um, and they were living in it, and I thought, look, I, I, I've got to renovate. So then I I started to investigate how do I do that. I was in the building industry. Okay, I met this guy, and um, he said to me that you know he could help me, and he'd done all these reno. And I didn't check him out. I didn't know what was going on. And I thought, oh, that seems a nice guy. I employed him. Ended up, he didn't have a license. He didn't know what he was doing. I employed him to do A, B, and C. And he did, he did, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, on the property. It was a total disaster. Um, and I had, uh, you know, I paid him twelve thousand, but it cost me thirty five thousand to fix the errors that he made on the property and fix it up to a proper living standard. Um, yeah, oh, look, it was horrible. And and the matter is still going on, you know. I mean, I just had a meeting with work cover over it and there was, you know, asbestos in it that he didn't look after and all this kind of stuff, you know. So it, it ended up to be a disaster. In the end, however, with his positive attitude and quick thinking, Sherwood shows us how he managed to turn it around and what all investors have had to do before investing. Look, the tenants moved out now, thank God, and um, I've leased it out to some new people, which are great, and um, I've developed the block and I've built at the back. So I'm actually, it, it's actually turned out really well for me in the end. But um, look, you've got to you've, you've got to do your homework in this business. You know, you you just have to do your homework because you know you don't want to be caught like me. Not only I, I lost out of that deal emotionally and mentally um, but also financially in a big way. Um, but the emotional stuff that I went through with this with this ex-tenant and and the builder was just enormous. I've been to court so many times, um, it's not funny over that one property. So do your homework. On the other hand, Sherwood delves into another aha moment that allowed him to realise the life-changing benefits that investing could have this time in regards to option contracts. So with options, um, you can make a hell of a lot of money in a quick amount of time. 
Um, and that's what I'm doing now. I'm mentoring people, um, not only in property investing, but also in options. So I have teams of people in different states and um, we um, talk, we do webinars and we talk about um, areas where we can target for development sites. And like uh, at the moment, I'm working um, in Sydney and my team's working really hard in Sydney. But in the last 10 days, is it 10 days? Yeah, in the last 10 days, um, I've signed up on one, two, three. I've signed up four options um, at this particular place, and there's another five options that are ready to go that I'll do on Saturday. And the thing is that two of those options are next door to each other, So, I, and they're just normal houses in normal streets, but we've done our homework and we've done our sums, and we know, we know what we can get on there, and I've got a, I've got a meeting with the um, surveyor and the, the architect tomorrow to go through um, how we're going to do all this, but basically we're going to put units up on there. And I've already got, I already signed one up last night, which was the the connecting one to this one. And um, on that sale alone, I've already got an offer to buy the options off me right now for two hundred thousand dollars. Wow! Right okay. now, and I don't have to do anything to them. Nothing. I don't have to get the DA. I don't have to develop it. All I've got to do is 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 sign the uh, option over to someone, and they're willing to pay me two hundred. Wow! Okay, for that one op for for two of them, and I've got another, as I say, four or five to go. So, inspired by Mark Sheward's journey, the financial and emotional difficulties, his triumph, and the hard work that led to his amazing aha moment, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory. We'll discuss his property investing strategy. You need to know what you're going to buy. You need to know what area you're going to buy. The personal habits which have been contributing to his success. When I see something, I, I just have to do it. It's like having blinkers on and I just stop everything else in my life and I just, I just work towards that one goal. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, are you looking at buying property in 2018? Would you like expert tips and advice on the best ways you can purchase property? Whether you're a new or experienced investor, learn from the experts by downloading the Property Investment Buying Handbook. It contains the best tips and advice from 37 of Australia's leading property experts. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to get your copy right now. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.